here and welcome to another episode of the TELP podcast and so I hope everyone's having a wonderful week and uh, here we are uh, creeping closer to December already and it's uh, it just uh, boggles the mind every year it seems like uh, the years are going by quicker and quicker and uh, we're already a few weeks away from our first big break of the year the Christmas holidays and so um, you know, again, things are going well. Um, just thinking about this journey that I'm on with the podcast, and you know, it's it's incredible when we challenge ourselves and we take on new goals. And um, I find the biggest part is always getting over those feelings of fear and those feelings of unknown. And um, one of the things that I wanted to share is what I've learned is the the importance in embracing the grind, I think. You know, any time that I, I have a challenge in front of me, um, you know, whether it be presenting to a group or preparing something new or learning something new, I find there's always an uncomfortable stage where you go from the idea to actually you know, executing and being able to, um, you know, be successful with something, there's going to be a period where either you're uncomfortable and you're learning and the learning is messy. And I think of the podcast here and, and, you know, like just thinking about doing this and going from an idea to doing the research on how I would actually record my voice and the tools that I would use to get it from a recording uh, to something that's presentable, um, you know, through whether it be Soundtrap and SoundCloud and then getting it onto iTunes. It's been a, it's been really cool because, again, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago that I'd have a podcast on iTunes, um, I think I would have laughed. And so now here I am a couple of years later and uh, I'm doing it. And so I encourage everyone, you know, out there to uh, think about, you know, a way in which you can, you know, just have that time during the week where you just reflect on your journey. You know, when you sit back and you think about, you know, you grab a good book. Right now I'm using The Innovator's Mindset for season one. Um, but it really all this is, is just me reflecting on my journey and sharing my journey, sharing, you know, the, the challenges and the struggles and the successes so that, you know, others out there might be inspired like I've been, you know, um, whether it be watching things from others or being at presentations or conferences or, you know, people I've worked with in schools. Um, we learn so much when people are, are sharing. So really that's the inspiration uh, for uh, this podcast. And I also wanted to uh, put out a special shout out to all the teachers in my board who now have just finished and finished and submitted their uh, first set of report cards. Um, you know, again, uh, in this role here, you know, I, I we don't uh, we obviously don't do report cards, but it takes me back to the time in the classroom when, you know, you kind of get September rolling, you get things settled and you have your routine down and the students are happy and we're off to the races. And then before you know it, you're like, okay, I have to get these report cards um, ready and I have to get, you know, student students' results and marks and, you know, assessments done so that I can report effectively uh, on those first set of report cards. So I know for myself, it was always a big relief. And uh, I think in the next week or so, we're going to have our first parent-teacher interviews. And I always remember the day after the first parent-teacher interviews, it was just like this huge breath of fresh air. You'd go, oh, okay, I'm, 
um, now it's it's calm again and we're going to start that rebuild for uh, the reporting period in February. So again, just shout out to all the teachers if, if there's anyone listening from my board to the podcast this week. And so again, um, the whole idea around the podcast is just me reflecting and sharing and, and hopefully some of this speaks to you. And, and I also would like to put it out there that I value your feedback and I value your ideas and I've learned so much from, you know, uh, my ideas and thoughts being challenged. So, you know, if there's anything that you, that speaks to you or you'd like to, you know, send me a message on uh, Twitter, I'd love to hear from people who are actually listening to this podcast. And so in chapter five, George Guros will, will dive in. In chapter five, George Guros, uh, the title is Learn, Lead, and innovate and you know what i find that that's really that that title speaks perfectly to my work in the last four years you know all of the learning that i've done and i continue to do that that learning allowing me to lead effectively you know and then that learning and leading now creating these amazing innovations within our board um, that are allowing for technology-enabled learning and teaching to emerge and to continue to grow. And so I thought that this chapter here speaks perfectly, again, like I mentioned, to, to my journey over the past four years. And so I'm going to dive in here. I got uh, a few passages here that I'd like to read out and, and speak to this week uh, in the podcast. So the first one is, George mentions, he says, it's true that one could argue that innovation and technology have created a world in which the ability to be constantly connected distracts kids and interrupts the way we teach. Then there's another viewpoint, one that realizes our students' ability to connect with people anytime and anywhere creates many new opportunities for learning. And it's it's interesting, you know, in the past four years in this role here, um, what I've found sometimes is, you know, you often get uh, teachers or professionals in the field of technology-enabled learning. Like, it's almost like sometimes we, we want to take one side or one position over the other. And so sometimes you'll get, you know, like people will say, ah, oh, you know, we have to, students are all connected, they're always on their devices, they're super connected, and the classroom and teaching, in my classroom, I want them to unplug and, and be, you know, disconnected from that. And, and then in some other, if we swing the pendulum the other way, uh, you'll hear teachers that are looking for one-on-one, -on -one. they're looking for constant uh, connectivity and using cloud-based tools to really, you know, foster the learning in their classroom. And... You know, it's interesting. I've, I've thought about this. And over the past four years, you know, you kind of waver from one side to the other. But I have to say that from my experience in the classroom, that balance is key. You know, too much of anything is not always conducive to student success, I find. And... You know, I, I remember when I first, I, I, the, the first smart board was set up in my classroom and, you know, I really started teaching with it all the time. And I started to notice that, you know, if I looked, if I looked at the beginning, you know, students were really engaged, you know, they were like, oh, wow, this is cool. Especially because the students, um, now maybe I'm aging myself here, but the students that I taught seeing the smart board and things interact, they weren't of the generation of, of students that were born with the tech. You know, like seeing things move on a screen uh, in a, on a smart board was new to them. You know, the iPads weren't invented yet. And so, 
you know, it's one of those things that I find that, you know, when I was teaching with it, I started to notice that, okay, you know, I've been using the smart board for a couple of days. Maybe I'll just go back to the chalkboard, you know, and then I'd use the chalkboard for a couple of days. And then I noticed, oh, I got to spice this up here. I'm going to try the Elmo. And then I started to use the Elmo a bit. And what I, the conclusion that I came to when it came to my teaching strategies was when I used different tools throughout the week is when I felt the students were the most engaged. You know, when they showed up in the lesson and the beginning of the lesson and they weren't really too sure what we were going to do, whether it was going to be led by the teacher or maybe something that I'd set up for them to be collaborative and it'd be more of a discussion-based class, that it was the most effective if I just balanced it out and had different things throughout the week. So I, I find when I read that, I encourage teachers to just have balance, you know, and, and you don't have to have technology all the time. Um, and, that, and, and that it's good sometimes to just have different strategies in your classroom. And, and I find that that works best for, uh, for, for me. And, and, and again, I'd, it'd be interesting to hear what you guys think and what your experience has been. The next quote that I wanted to speak to is, we've got to keep asking ourselves the question I posed earlier. Would I want to be a learner in my own classroom? If you look at education from this viewpoint, you might find that some of the expectations put on our students are not something you or I could handle for an hour, let alone a full day. So it's interesting that George mentioned this in, in this chapter. And again, I find that it's just important, you know, and it speaks to the point that I just kind of elaborated on. It's just that balance piece and trying to think about, okay, so who are the learners in my classroom? You know, what are the profiles of the learners in my classroom and what speaks to them? And trying to find strategies that meet students where they're at in the journey. And uh, I really like the work that's happening right now about, around flexible seating and that kind of like coffee house Starbucks model um, where we're really starting to, you know, innovate and starting with the big, uh, starting with the curriculum and thinking of the big ideas and having different ways for uh, students to showcase their learning and for them to kind of guide that. And I think that that speaks to this point here where if we are able as teachers to provide opportunities during the week where students can kind of guide their learning, um, I think you're going to have a higher level of success in the classroom when it comes to students being engaged in the lesson. And so, again, that speaks to a lot of, of my experience in the classroom, um, you know, and that's why I, I was never really able to use the same material twice. You know, I was constantly having to remix it because each year I had a different classroom. It might be a different grade level. And even if it was the same grade level, you know, I taught seven, eight for many years that I really would say, okay, you know what, this lesson worked really well last year for this group of students, but this year it's just not going to work. I got to, I got to switch this up. I got to figure out a new way or a different way to present the idea. So that's just something for us to think about too. Being present in the classroom reminded me that it is my job to learn first if I want to lead well. As leaders and innovators, it can be easy to want to rush into change before we've taken the time to really explore what that change could and should look like. And so I think that that part there, again, I think it just speaks to my early 
errors and mistakes with technology. Like I get super excited about things and I would rush to get it set up and I would launch it in the classroom and I would think, you know what, this is going to be the magic that is going to transform learning in my classroom to sometimes finding out that, you know what, the the lesson tanked and it didn't work and I wasn't, you know, I didn't think enough about, you know, what it would look like. Again, I'm old enough to say that technology was used as a novelty a lot of the times in the classroom because students you know at home weren't using technology a lot but what's really cool now and and what i challenge teachers to do and even myself is you know start with the curriculum you know start with the big idea what is it that i'm trying to achieve in using this technology in the classroom and is this piece of technology going to enhance the lesson? Is it going to make it better? Is it going to create a higher level of engagement for the students? Um, And if the answer is yes, go for it. But if you're thinking, you know what, maybe, you know what, I'll spend a couple more days thinking about what this could look like. Maybe go on Twitter and see if I can connect with like-minded educators to see, you know, some of the things that they've done, maybe some of the challenges they've faced and how they've overcome it. So again, just, you know, taking your time with technology and and trying to always start with the curriculum, I find that that's really important. The next part here is just kind of speaks again to, you know, what I'm doing here. So I started my own blog. So George talks about, he says, I started my own blog to begin, which is a portfolio of my learning. I learned about the power of open reflection and how I can deepen learning When I know everyone can see my work and reflections, it makes me think more deeply about what I'm learning. And, uh, you know, I won't say much about that. I think that just, you know, the podcast and the fact that you're listening to the podcast, you understand that that's really what I'm trying to achieve. And the one thing that I would say where it's not necessarily about myself, but if we think of our students, when we start to encourage students to, you know, publish their work to a broader audience, you know, I think of myself like I'm doing my best here in this podcast, um, but I'm really working hard to make this who I truly am. And, you know, when we're publishing things to that broader audience, when we think of, you know, motivating students to do their best work, you know, it takes me back to the classroom where, you know, often, you know, you'd give an assignment to the students and you'd always have, you know, the couple of students, the hands would go up and they'd say, all right, Mr. Lovett, does this one count for the report card? And you'd always be taken back as a teacher because you'd say, no, well, no, this one doesn't count for the report card, but we're going to have a test in a couple of weeks. And this part here, if you do really well on it, it's going to help you in two weeks when um, you have that summit of the council, the report card. But I think that, you know, challenging the students or for them to either have a portfolio that they're publishing things to a broader audience again with parent permission and making sure that the school is aware and that the principal signed off and can really help uh, the students understand the importance of being able to publish uh, to a broader audience and how you know when we're posting things online and we're working to publish online it can really help the students be self-motivated have that internal motivation to do their best work All right, so there's the sound that marks the end of our podcast. And uh, again, just some final thoughts and final ideas around this chapter. And I think that uh, George Kouros finishes so well and kind of talks a bit about the characteristics of the innovative leader. And, you know, again, this speaks really to me in, in my role, because if we look at 
you know, over the last four years since I've started the role, my goal was really to build a simple, clear vision uh, around technology enabled learning and teaching. And, you know, it's so rewarding now to see uh, the growth the excitement that's happening within our schools with teachers and groups of teachers and our system leaders and our students that are really taking the journey of you know using technology in the classroom to enhance the learning and george finishes with some characteristics and it's it's really things to think about uh you know having that strong vision number one uh number two the idea around empathy. You know, it's so important to be empathetic to the learner, to be empathetic to the teachers that you're working with, you know, to meet teachers where they're at, to be empathetic about our school leaders. You know, they're like us, they're learning. And so it's having that empathy for where we all are at in the journey and the, the people that we're working with. I think actually the most powerful way for change to occur is not to necessarily maybe you know tell people what they should be doing but to model it and number three models learning so when you think of you know if you think of your vision and you think of the empathy piece of meeting people where they're at and then you think you know what i'm going to just embrace the grind as we talked about earlier and I'm going to just model what I hope to see in my school, um, maybe with the teachers and their instructional practice. I'm going to just focus on the modeling piece. And what's really cool, and you'll be uh, you know, pleasantly surprised, is more and more teachers will walk by your classroom. And they're going to peek in and they're going to look and go, you know what, this is really cool. And I'd love to be a part of the journey with you. And so again, modeling is so, so key. Being an open risk taker. You know, if there's one thing that I've learned with technology is there's times where it's just not going to work. But take the risk and go for it. And one of the things you're going to learn is when things don't work, it's an opportunity for learning. And I, you know, it's one of the things that I share so many, I've shared so much with the teachers that I've worked with. And I love actually when I'm up in the front and there's a group of, you know, me 20 or 25 people and I'm showing something and it doesn't work because I take that moment and I turn it into a teachable moment. And I say, isn't this the way it is in the classroom? And, but again, the key is approaching using technology where when we're taking the risks, sometimes it won't work, but it's all good because when it doesn't work, I'm going to learn something new about the technology or the tool that I'm using in the classroom, being networked, you know, uh, being networked either within your school, being networked, you know, with other schools in your board. And now with the beauty of technology, the beauty of the beauty of things like Twitter, we can be networked with the world. When we think of like-minded educators who might be teaching either the same grade level Maybe I'm a high school teacher and I'm teaching specific subjects while well, there's thousands of teachers out on Twitter that are there waiting to collaborate and share with you. It's amazing. Being observant, you know, uh, being observant of the things that you see and being okay with the idea of sometimes it can be a really cool thing that might speak to one teacher or a group of students, 
but you might look and observe that, you know, you know, in my classroom with my students, this might not be the right fit, but being okay with that. And then finally, embracing the idea in seven about being a team builder and just really sharing, you know, sharing what you know, being open to the ideas of others. And you'll see before you know it, we look at these seven characteristics of the innovative leader. If I have, you know, visionary, empathy, models, learning, open risk taker, I'm networked, I'm being observant, and I'm a team builder, you're well on your way to being a really cool leader around technology-enabled learning and teaching. But you know what? It applies to everything else also. So I'm going to bring this episode to a close. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, would love to hear your feedback on Twitter. So feel free to tweet to me. And uh, again, uh, have a wonderful week, everyone. Take care.